0: Welcome, everyone, to the Directed IRA Open Forum. We are live here to answer your questions on retirement accounts. We'll talk about self directed IRAs, Roth IRAs, backdoor Roth IRAs, solo 401ks. Whatever you got questions about retirement accounts, we'll fill them today. I've got a ton of questions that are already uh, came in in advance. We'll be pulling from some of our YouTube comments, uh, stuff that's coming in live right now on Facebook and YouTube. We're also going live on Instagram. So, We're going to be out there everywhere. We just want to make sure we're answering your questions on retirement accounts. Retirement accounts have been one of the tried and true methods of building wealth in America. When we've looked at clients over the years, and I get a client in their 50s or 60s and how they've built wealth, what they're going to retire on, it's real estate, business ownership, and retirement accounts. There's $35 trillion in retirement accounts. People save in these accounts because they are tax-efficient I don't need to preach to the choir. Many of you know that here, but let me get into the questions. With retirement accounts, sometimes it gets a little tricky. Sometimes the tax code was not meant to be simple, Uh, but there's a lot of opportunities in there if you know how to use it right. So we're going to get into that. And let's hit the first question here. This came from Ken um, on on our website, actually. He says, what are the conditions that allow for a backdoor Roth IRA that is self-directed? Okay, let's talk about the backdoor Roth IRA and what the heck it is. It sounds a little salacious, I know, and it sounds like, what? What? <laughs> why do you have to do anything backdoor? But what that means is there are some people who are shut out from doing a Roth IRA and going in, quote unquote, the front door. If you're high income, making about 100, 200 grand or more a year, single married, or if you contribute to an employer 401k plan. Um, a lot of times you're locked out from doing a Roth IRA and just making your single, you know, six thousand, sixty five hundred dollar annual contribution to the Roth IRA. And so a lot of high income people or people that have a four hundred one k at work have always been told you can't do a Roth IRA. Well, that's the general rule of thumb, but the real loophole and the reality is, and the smart money knows. You can still do a Roth IRA. You just have to do what's called a backdoor Roth IRA. So Ken, the conditions on when you would do a backdoor Roth IRA is if you're high income and you're exceeding the Roth IRA contribution limits and someone's told you that, or maybe you got a 401k that you're already maxing out at your day job. And you're like, I still wanna do more. Okay, let's look at the backdoor Roth IRA. Now, what you do with a backdoor Roth IRA is it's a two-step process. Step one you set up an actual traditional IRA and you contribute to that, your 6,000 bucks a year you can do. Step two is you're gonna establish a Roth IRA and convert that 6,000 over. See, there's no contribution restriction in terms of traditional IRAs for income levels or whether you contribute to a 401k. So at any income level, I can contribute to a, to a traditional IRA. The problem is high-income people can't have a deductible, Traditional contribution, but we don't care about that. Don't worry about that. High income people, we don't care. We're going to make a non deductible traditional IRA contribution. Again, you can do any income. You can be Warren Buffett, all right, and doing this. Elon Musk, doesn't matter. You can be the richest person in the world. You can still do a backdoor Roth IRA every year. So we make a 6,000 non deductible contribution. That was the 2022 numbers at 6,500 for 2023. And then on day two, you convert that over to Roth by doing a Roth conversion. Now, Roth conversions used to have restrictions on income levels also, but that was removed about eight to 10 years ago. So this is what created the backdoor Roth IRA strategy. It's a two-step process. This is kind of the tax code and like, quote unquote, this is definitely a loophole. There was bills to um, ban this and build back better uh, that failed a couple years ago. So it's uh, it's a the method's still out there. You can use it. I've used it again this year. Many of our clients use it. In fact, at Directed IRA, we have a specific backdoor Roth IRA app, Ken. And in that app, we do all those steps in one. We set up your traditional, we do the Roth conversion, and we set up your Roth just so it's an easy process. And then every year you can do that same strategy. So for 2023 which we're already into right now, you could be putting in 6500 bucks. So what we like to do for a lot of clients and particularly people who are new to the backdoor Roth IRA is I like to say, let's throw in your 6000 for 2022 and throw in your 6500 for 2023, and now we've got 12500, we'll do a conversion of that, get it all over to the Roth IRA. Now we got 12500 bucks in a backdoor Roth IRA. Oh, and do you have a spouse? Let's do the same thing for your spouse, you know, we can get I mean, you know, 25 grand in there between the two of you on two years of contributions here that we're doubling up on between 2022 and 2023. So if you're creative about it, these numbers can add up. um, And that's how the backdoor Roth IRA works. Now, there is one problem with the backdoor Roth IRA, one area where people can get stuck. If you have existing traditional dollars, and I got another question about this later on, if you have an existing traditional IRA dollars, where this is a SEP IRA, a regular traditional IRA, a simple IRA, you have to convert those regular deductible traditional dollars first before you can convert your backdoor Roth IRA dollars. So what that means is if you've got a traditional IRA already, you're going to need to convert those dollars first to Roth before you can do the backdoor Roth IRA. You can also move those traditional dollars into a 401k if you if that's available to you to get them out of IRA funds. And because 401k funds, if you have traditional 401k funds, the IRS doesn't care. You can still do the backdoor Roth. Um, but traditional IRA dollars have to be – the regular deductible kind have to be converted first before you can do these non-deductible dollars, which is how the backdoor Roth works. So if you're – just know if I got a traditional IRA, this might not work for me. But if you don't have any traditional IRA dollars um, – the backdoor Roth IRA works for you today. Okay. Um, this is a question from Judy. Um, it's also from the website said, um, loves the show and the podcast books. Amazing. Thank you. Uh, Judy says, what's the best way to convert old 401ks that have both pre-tax and after tax monies in a Roth account? How will the transfer affect the withdrawal from the Roth in the future? Can I start a Roth account, then turn it to self-directed at a later point? I'm 58 years old, semi-retired, work part-time seasonally on the Alaska North Slope. Um, She puts, quote-unquote, no income tax. All right. (laughs) Thanks for rubbing that in. Uh, That's one of the perks, of course, of being in the great state state of Alaska. Okay. There's a lot of questions that Judy's got in there. (laughs) Let's hit the first one. If you've got an old 401k that contains pre-tax And after-tax monies, another word to say that is she's got a 401k with traditional dollars and Roth dollars. Pre-tax is just another word for traditional, meaning you got a tax deduction on it, but you're going to pay taxes on the way out. It's traditional dollars. After-tax, sometimes called post-tax, is just Roth dollars. So what Judy has, and what many people have, is they, they may have a 401k at work or an old employer 401k that they had some traditional dollars in and some Roth dollars in. Now, Judy wants to be all Roth. She wants to get this out of the old employer 401k and get it all into a Roth IRA. So how do you do that? Well, we have a what's called a rollover Roth IRA account at Directed IRA. I don't know some other places how they do it, but we tried to make it simple. You set up a Uh, a rollover Roth IRA account, and what's going to happen is we are going to receive those traditional dollars, the pre-tax dollars, and we're going to receive the after-tax dollars, the Roth dollars. Now, the after-tax dollars will go directly into the Roth IRA. Nothing that needs to happen. Pretty simple. Those are basically Roth dollars already. They're going right into the Roth IRA. No tax, no additional process or anything you got to worry about. Those pre-tax dollars, though, Judy, you got a tax deduction when you put those dollars in. Those are traditional dollars. Now, we can get them into the Roth IRA, but you're going to have to do a Roth conversion. So let's say this is $300,000 of 401k funds. Let's say $100,000 of it is after-tax Roth dollars. $200,000 is pre-tax traditional dollars. We're going to take that $100,000 after-tax. That goes right into the Roth IRA. But the $200,000 that is pre-tax dollars, traditional dollars. You got to convert that into a Roth conversion, which you can do. And now that whole three hundred thousand is in a Roth IRA. Now there is tax on the conversion, so that two hundred thousand you converted, you're going to get a ten ninety nine from us or whoever your IRA custodian is, and you got to take that into income tax. But remember, for everyone out there, the reason Judy would want to go Roth is because Roth IRAs come out totally tax free at retirement. So if Judy invests this for another 10 years and triples the size of this, this $300,000 account turns into a $900,000 account. Well, that $900,000 is coming out totally tax free. If this was traditional dollars, gets you know, triples that account in 10 years, she gets to 900,000 well, now when she withdraws it, she's paying tax on 900000 on the way out. So we're biting the bullet now, paying the tax now to get it converted over to Roth. Yes, it sucks. But if you can grow the account in the long haul, you're better off because we're only paying tax on the seed, not on the harvest at the end of the day that's a larger amount. So that's in general why we're very um, uh, partial, I should say, to Roth accounts is, is tax-free. I mean, it's, it's, there's nothing better in the tax code than tax-free. All right, let's jump down to, and I got any live questions here. You guys let me know when we got any. I got um, the great and powerful Aaron Halderman in studio with me. I feel like I should introduce the cast today. Um, <laughs> we got the co-starring Aaron Halderman on the questions and in the chat. And uh, Tristan wills here on, you know, working the camera, trying to make me look good. Um, and he's got a lot of work ahead of him. So, okay, let's jump into Steve's question
1: studio. <laughs> <laughs> okay, a little,
0: little little shout in there. Okay. Um, Steve says, I'm ready to switch to a self-directed IRA. Okay, love it, Steve. Steve's like, probably I'm done with Wall Street. I want to invest in real estate. I want to invest in a private company or a private fund. Um, that's what self-directed IRAs are. That's what we do. He says, I'm not sure where to start. I already have an S-corp with a simple IRA. I would like to convert to a Roth account, but I'm not sure if I should stick with the simple or change to something else if I can. I employ myself and also employ my wife about 20 hours per month. I am only I am the only one contributing to this simple IRA. I need to set up a new account um, call, but I'm not sure which option to choose. Okay, Steve, what, what I'm getting out of your question here is that you're self-employed. You have your own business, and it's just you and your wife. If that's the case, get out of the simple IRA. Stop doing a simple IRA. You can only put like... I don't know, what is the, I've got the Mark J. Kohler calendar here. It's got all the uh, contribution limits. We do not like simple IRAs. Um, I mean, you can put 15500 in for 2023, 13500 for 2022. That's not a lot. Let me tell you what's better, a solo 401k. Any of our small business owners who are self-employed with no employees, other than you and your spouse or you and business partner and spouse, um, you should be doing a solo 401k. Stop doing a simple IRA. In the solo 401k, you can be putting $66,000 a year in. I mean, that for 2023, I mean, that's way better than being able to put in 15 grand. So we can put in a lot more money into a uh, solo 401k. Your spouse could also participate in that and have her own account in the solo 401k. Also in the solo 401k, you can have a Roth account. All right. Now, simple IRAs are allowed to have Roth starting in 2023. That was a new change in the law, but... P- but previously, you never could do a Roth account in a simple at all. Um, but you still have the restriction on how much you can put into a simple. So we love the solo case, Steve. I'd look at the solo cave. It's just you and your spouse in that business. That's the best option. Frank, um, I, I would do that if I can, but I have other employees in my business, so I can't. All right. So here's where you're stuck with your simple IRA dollars. So you take if you set up the solo four hundred one k, you can move those. You close out the simple plan, move this. Simple IRA dollars you have now, which are traditional, to a traditional account in the Solo K. And then you could convert those dollars in the Solo 401k from traditional over to Roth. Then just start making all new contributions in the Solo K that are Roth, and you'll have a Roth Solo 401k account. And now you're self directing and investing a Roth Solo 401k. So, what I would look is setting up a Solo 401k plan. You can actually still set up a solo 401k and make contributions for 2022. So if you want to even throw more money in to get more tax deductions, to just maximize contributions that are Roth, you can actually still make 2022 contributions. So um, look into the solo 401k, Steve. You can self-direct it. You can put over 60 grand a year into it yourself. Between you and your spouse, you can do over a hundred grand. Awesome option. You can loan yourself money from the solo. k. So many options there. All right. How are we doing over here? Do I got some in? good ones. Okay. You got some yeah. questions flowing in? Okay. Yeah. Let's take, um, let's see. Thanks for the questions, Guy. We, I love hitting the live questions. Thanks for all those of you posting the comments, though, on stuff and sending in questions on the site. I'm going to be getting back to some of those. Don't, don't feel left out. Okay. So
1: this is a Roth conversion question. This comes from Kenby. What is the process of Roth conversion if you already purchased A rental real estate property with a self-directed IRA.
0: Okay. If you have a self-directed IRA that already owns real estate and it's a traditional account, you can still do a Roth conversion. It's called an in-kind Roth conversion. I was just talking to a client this morning about it. What you need to do is you have to get an appraisal of the property. So go get an appraisal of the property and we're going to do a conversion at the value on the appraisal. So, um, then you just, that's converted over to Roth and now the Roth account owns it. So, um, just takes an appraisal and it's called an in-kind Roth conversion. So, um, that's the form you'll be looking for here. And then our team is going to ask for an appraisal of the property. So we know, um, the value to convert it at now, whatever's on that appraisal. I mean, that's the value you're going to get a 1099 that you're gonna have to pay tax on as part of the Roth conversion. But now that thing's growing and coming out tax-free at retirement. So awesome question. Great. Uh, Shannon
1: has a good one. Um, what do I need to provide to the IRS for tax purposes if I have a self-directed IRA LLC, single member, yeah. that owns a property no mortgage, with no
0: mortgage? Um. Okay, what do I have to provide to the IRS? Mm-hmm. <sniffs> Nothing. There we go. So, I mean, that's the nice thing is, see, your retirement accounts, when you think of retirement accounts... The reason I love retirement accounts and why there's $35 trillion in them, most of Americans, we love retirement accounts, building long-term wealth, it doesn't hit your 1040. I don't care if you got Facebook stock that you're getting dividends on in your IRA that you sell and make tax gains on, you got a piece of real estate that you're getting rental income on or you sell and get a gain. Neither of those things are gonna hit your 1040 and be on your tax return. Okay? The, Congress has said traditional IRAs, tax deferred. We don't even want to know about it until you hit retirement age, Roth IRAs tax free, knock yourself out, make as much money in this account as you can. We don't even, you don't pay tax to us on it, even on the way out. (laughs) So as you're going year to year building income, nothing's going to the IRS in, in, in that scenario that was, that was given. So nice thing. It's not even on your 1040, it's going nowhere.
1: Beautiful. Uh, one more, um, yeah. and we can get back to some of the ones that were submitted. Stuart asks, if your self-directed IRA is invested in real estate, Yeah, do we need to sell something or a portion of, what do we got to do to take RMD, which is required minimum distribution?
0: Okay. Who's that going ask that question? Stuart. Stuart. Okay. Great question, Stuart. So RMD, required minimum distributions, when you hit age 72, you have to start taking RMD from traditional accounts. All right? So- Traditional IRAs are subject to RMD. Once you hit 72, even traditional 401Ks, you got to start taking taking distributions. Basically what Congress has said there with RMD is, hey, we gave you tax deductions to put money in this traditional account. You grew all this money and didn't send us any money on taxes. We don't want you to die and not pay any tax on this money, <laughs> so we want we're going to make you start pulling money out. Now that magic number right now is seventy two. It actually goes up to seventy three, and eventually it hits seventy five. It's indexed right now, so the age will start will be going up. But right now it is seventy two. So, um, so Stuart, what you're going to have is at seventy two, you got to start taking RMD. Now, if you don't have cash available, you may and and let's say you own real estate then you have no rental income coming in to satisfy RMD, you have no cash in other IRAs to satisfy RMD cuz you can use balances in other IRAs. Let's say you got a brokerage IRA, you can just sell some stock to cover RMD for both accounts. You can satisfy RMD from one account that'll hit that could cover RMD requirements for both. So I would like to try to look at what cash you have. Maybe there's rental income on the property. Maybe we can use some balances from another IRA that you have that's a little more liquid. But at the end of the day, you're like, I got nothing. It's raw land. There's no rental income. I've got no other cash. I got no other IRA. Well, you might have to start taking, sell the property or have to take a distribution of the property. So, and you can do partial distributions or we can do a tenant in common interest. It can be a pain in the butt, but there are some ways to kind of get around this where you don't have to sell the property and take a partial distribution of the property. But what I've seen many times is, People will sell properties, try to get income off the property, of course, satisfy the RMD from another account. Now, remember, Roth IRAs don't have RMD. Roth 401ks used to have RMD, even at age 72. But um, in the last budget act that, you know, President Biden signed into law, like on Christmas Eve, um, that new law, which goes into effect in this year, basically says Roth 401ks are also now exempt from RMD. And that was that was nice because there's no tax due on the money coming out of the Roth 401ks anyway. So what does the IRS care? Now the RMD amount, just so everybody knows, let's say you got a hundred thousand dollar account, IRA, you hit age 72 and you got to take RMD. It's kind of about four percent. That's the percent when you start taking RMD on how much it is. So if it's like a hundred grand, you might have to take about four thousand out that year to cover the RMD. And then the next year it might be like percent, you know, you take 4,500 bucks out, um, depending on the total value of the IRA. So as you kind of get older, the percentage starts going up. Um, the idea from Congress is they want you to start drawing money out of your IRA in retirement. They want you to start spending and using it in retirement because really they want some tax revenue <laughs> because you pay tax when you take RMD on a traditional account. All right. Um, let me jump back to one of the questions here. Unless we had anything else live. Uh, let me hit, yeah, okay, let me hit
1: Emerald. He asks, "Can I use personal funds to pay my setup fee and annual fees for my self-directed IRA or solo 401k?"
0: Yes, great question. Yes, you can use personal funds. There's an exemption in the prohibited transaction rules. It's 4975d10, um, and it says that account fees, legal fees, fees for for taxes are exempt from the prohibited transaction rules. So. What a lot of people know when they self-direct and what we teach is, hey, you want to buy real estate with your IRA or invest in private companies or things like that. Cool. We love that, but (laughs) don't personally do deals with your IRA. Don't live in the real estate your IRA owns. Don't sell real estate you personally own to your IRA. We know you can't get personally involved because there's something called the privative transaction rules that restricts you from transacting with your IRA or personally making money because your IRA owns a property. But there are some exceptions to that. One, of course, being personal payment for administration of the account, account fees that you may have or any fees regarding the administration of the account, which includes legal fees, by the way, to your lawyer. So you could pay our law firm, KQS Lawyers, for fees related to your IRA, Um, account fees with your custodian, those are all exempt. Feel free paying those personally, which is actually very popular, I'll say, particularly Roth account clients. And I always tell Roth account clients, pay it personally. This is a tax-free set of funds here. Why would you dip into it to pay your account fees? Um, Put a credit card on file. and Let us just charge a card that's personal. For traditional account clients, I I see a lot of those clients, it's like, I'll just have it deducted from the account because I got a tax deduction to throw that money in, so... You know, I'll just have it deducted from the account. Okay. Uh, Glenn asks, uh,
1: and this is a very common structure we have the, with a the checkbook uh, control IRA LLC. Um, Glenn manages and has one with this. What would you use for the EIN number in section one? I did watch an old video that you did. It was great, but I can't recall what you said.
0: The EIN on section one of like a W-9? Yeah. Or, okay. So when you're out using a self-directed IRA, um, or even if you're using an IRA LLC, which is a common strategy that clients use, they have their IRA own an LLC, which you can manage personally, and then the LLC goes in those transactions. In either of those instances, the underlying taxpayer... Or for, for tax identification purposes, is the IRA account itself. It's not you personally, it's actually the IRA account. Even in an LLC where the IRA owns at it 100%, it's technically the IRA, it's not the LLC's tax ID or EIN. So um, I have an article actually on directedira.com and maybe we can share it in the link there about properly completing a W 9 mm-hmm. for your IRA or IRA LLC. So a lot of places are going to ask for W-9. Let's say you're selling a property that your IRA or IRLC owns. Let's say that you have a brokerage account associated with your IRA or IRLC. Let's say, um, you know, any scenario where they're going to ask for like, what is the tax reporting number for this? So when you're filling that W-9 out, um, you're going to need to indicate that the IRA is the owner. So it'd be, you know, directed trust company, FBO, Matt Sorenson, IRA, And then we have a custodian reporting EIN that you can use for your account that basically sends the any of the tax reporting to us as an IRA, and it's not taxable to us, not taxable to your account. So we have a specialty tax ID that, that we use. So if you call the office, we, we don't put it out on the website or anything, but if, if you have an account here, we'll give it to you and give you that uh, reporting tax ID. And that's what you'll use on all your stuff um, when you're filling out a W-9. So, But the articles, we'll throw that in the chat. Just shared sure. it. Okay, We're sweet. good. So look at that article. It kind of goes by line by line because I'd have so many people screw this up. I'm like, let me just do one for you and give you the example on how to do it. So check out that article. Okay, David has a good one, and
1: I uh, will see what angle you approach it at. Um, Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. There's a a couple issues with it, and I think people get um, mistaken on how it needs to – the transaction needs to start. So David asks, if I take a property subject to – the existing owner's mortgage. So it's a subject to deal subject yeah. to the first. And I use funds for my self-directed IRA to then buy the property. What are the tax implications on this type of
0: transaction? Okay. Well, first of all, I don't want you to take the property subject to, uh, and I think could, that's what he's yeah, saying that yeah. he's starting with the transaction that way. Yeah. So let's try to rearrange it. So let's go over what you can't do and then tell you the right way to do it. Um, you can't buy the property subject to and then sell it to your IRA. But your IRA could acquire the property subject to. I mean, all the awesome t- strategies out there for acquiring real estate, creative financing subject to stuff, um, you can do with an IRA. Your IRA can buy property subject to an existing mortgage, um, start taking over the payments, start renting it out, you know, um, wh- whatever your investment strategy is. But w- remember that I mentioned that private transaction rule earlier. This is one of the most important rules to understand with self-directing is we are not able to sell assets like real estate that we personally own or our LLC or our own company owns. We can't sell those assets over to our own IRA. And the reason for that is Congress doesn't trust us. They know retirement accounts have a tax preferred status. So what they thought we would do is we would take assets that had a lot of value and appreciation that we personally owned move them over to our IRA at a low value, and then sell them from our IRA and pay no tax. I mean, I would freaking tell you to do that if, if this rule didn't exist. That'd be an awesome tax strategy. But Congress knew people would do that, so they made this restriction. So um, just maybe try to redo the strategy, use the IRA from the get-go to acquire the property subject to, um, and have the IRA pay them a little bit of money to take it over, whatever the arrears may be, and it'll start paying the payments, um, so love the subject to strategy, can absolutely be used. Now, one other thing on that, and this is important for anybody doing subject to creative financing, getting private loans, or even just getting a mortgage on a property is you cannot guarantee the loan. What I would highly recommend anybody doing like a creative financing deal or a subject to with their IRA is use an IRA LLC where your IRA owns an LLC and the LLC is the buyer and doing the thing subject to that way. The LLC takes over the mortgage Requirements, You know, you're going to contractually agree to that with the seller and the LLC is going to, of course, you know, pay for any rehab costs and the IRA throws its money into the LLC that's going to be necessary to do this. The LLC starts getting the rental income if it's a rental or gets the proceeds when you sell it. <clears throat> Excuse me. And then, um, you know, the, the IRLC just keeps operating and the IRA owns it. So if you want to take any money, you got to send money from the LLC back to your IRA and take a distribution from your IRA. But um, but I like the IRLC structure for any creative deals because it puts you more in control to structure the deal. But do not sign a personal guarantee. You cannot personally guarantee the debt. If your IRA is involved, that causes what's called an extension of credit, prohibited transaction. By the way, I have my book here. There's a whole chapter in that extension of credit on my book. There's four other chapters on prohibited transactions, chapter on the solo K, okay, you know, the IRLC, all the stuff we've been hitting, actually. <laughs> um, it's all covered in, in my book. But um, and it's only twenty bucks. You can get on my site or on or, or on Amazon. So,
1: let's stay on the topic of the the IRA LLC structure. Yes, aka the checkbook IRA, checkbook LLC, yes. whatever you want to yeah, call it. Thing. You can throw a checkbook in there, and it, it is the same thing, David. So, thanks for your question. So, Rosa, um, Rosa has a couple questions. We'll just combine them into one. So she's thinking about setting up an IRA LLC with checkbook control. Yeah. Thinking about having KQS lawyers do it. Thank you. Um, she wants to do a single member traditional IRA. Okay. Um, and she's asking about the operating agreement. What? Okay. You, what it? What's going to be in it? And can I do multiple things? Like, can I buy real estate? Can I buy gold? Does it have yeah. to say specifically what I'm doing? Um, can I purchase crypto? Yeah, she wants some flexibility there. So, what do you have to tell Rosa?
0: Okay, great. Rosa's g- good news is, we'll op- make the LLC like open architecture. So, this LLC can do anything that's not prohibited or does or that can that's not a restricted asset. So, in the operating agreement of the LLC, we're going to basically say it can make in, in any type of investment not restricted by law. Um, the only things restricted by law for an IRA, which wouldn't, which would then mean for an IRLC LLC also is going to be like collectible items. So, um, S corporation stock too, and life insurance, that's it. So you could buy precious metals that qualify. You can buy real estate. You can, you know, invest in private companies or small businesses or startups. You could do private lending. I mean, all these common assets people do in a self-directed IRA, you could do out of that one LLC, um, and and in the operating agreement, though, there's going to be some other things in there that are a little unique to an IRA, LLC operating agreement. You're not going to see a lot of these provisions in a regular LLC operating agreement. For example, there's going to be restrictions on what you can and can't do as manager. See, in an IRA, LLC, you don't own the LLC and you're also prohibited. So there's certain things, you're prohibited to your IRAs, so there's certain things we can't have you do. But as manager, you can essentially do administrative and management functions you can manage the bank account, decide what assets to buy. You can enter into contracts on behalf of the LLC and sign as manager. Um, you can go to the property. You could show the property to a contractor or a prospective tenant. And all that stuff's fine. But there's gonna be restrictions in the operating agreement that you can't pay yourself compensation or a salary. You can't work on the property or do physical improvements to property. Um, for those that do precious metals, you can't store them at your home. There was a case on that last year of someone doing an IRLC that blew it with that. Um, there's there's been cases on the paying themselves a salary. You can't do that. <laughs> so um, so those those restrictions are going to be built into the operating agreement. And whether you use directed IRA, which you should, best company out there, of course on this, but or any other self directed IRA custodian that does IRLCs or allows them. They're going to require your operating agreement have these restrictions. So make sure you're using one of those IRA LLC operating agreements that has those form those terms in it. We always get operating agreements that are people find off the web, or they do it on legal Zoom, or their brother that's the lawyer that doesn't know what they're doing um, does it, and they get rejected. Uh, so, uh, and as, as a lawyer back in the day when I was practicing and doing a lot of LLCs myself, like half of my business was helping people. Fix their IRLC they tried to set up on their own or their dumb brother-in-law who knew what they were doing, tried to set it up and screwed it up. So um, just look for the IRLC, make sure that's what you're getting in your operating agreement that has those provisions. And I actually have a checklist in my book. When I, mean, I throw all the provisions that you have to have, there's a checklist in my book that a lot of actually the industry uses, um, some of our competitors use to kind of go through the documents, to make sure it's compliant. I love it.
1: Uh, oh, let's hit a lending question. We got another. Yeah. This one comes from Alan. Uh, can my IRA private do some private money lending to a company um, that I have a holding company um, okay. that I own? Then I use it to run lending activities and real estate investing.
0: Okay. No, <laughs> your IRA, your IRA could have its own holding company that it puts money into that the IRA owns, but it can't lend money to your holding company. That's going to cause a privity transaction. If it's you personally own that holding company, I'm not sure what what exactly you're wanting to do there, but um, you could use the LLC structure that we've just been talking about here most recently, where you have the IRA own a, basically a holding investment entity, 100%. IRA puts its cash in there and you can manage it. And now you can go out and do multiple private loans out of that LLC. Um, that's very popular strategy. We have lots of private money lending clients that use their mm-hmm. IRA, um, that are making short-term loans, long-term, they're doing non-performing loans, all that type of stuff right out of the LLC. Um, but it's not dropping into the, the holding company you might use personally to do other stuff.
1: What if I... Have multiple partners in that holding company, and I'm not like the majority Ooh. owner of maybe I only own 20% of it.
0: Okay. All right. Good question. Okay. So I
1: helped you out, Alan. I'm yeah. like, well, <laughs> we got you.
0: <laughs> All right. Part B to the question, <laughs> subpart. All right. I like it. I'm, I'm game for this one. Okay. Um, when your IRA is transacting with the company, we're going to look to see who's own owner of that company to determine whether the IRA can invest in that company or lend money to that company, whatever the transaction may be. If it's your IRA, I'm looking at that company to say, who's prohibited to your IRA that's in this company? Like you, your spouse, your kids, your parents. These are all prohibited people to your IRA called disqualified parties under the tax code. So we're going to look at that LLC Now, if you own 50% or more, or you and your spouse, or you and your spouse and kids collectively own 50% or more of that LLC, no way. IRA can't transact with it, lend to it, buy stock in it, or LLC units, whatever it is. IRA is just not doing any deals with that LLC. But if you have other partners in that LLC, and like Aaron's example, let's say you only own 20% personally of that LLC. The other 80% is just other partners in the business, not family, not your spouse or kids or anybody like that just other unrelated partners to you in that business. Now it's possible for your IRA to lend money or buy stock or buy assets from that LLC. So um, in that scenario, it's you could do it. You, your IRA could lend money to that company. That company can then go out and make its investments and your IRA is getting whatever deal you cut, your IRA cut with that LLC. Now, my rule of thumb is, We know 50% or more if you own a company, your IRA can't transact with that business. From 10 to 49%, I should say from 11 to 49%, it's a gray area. 10% or below where your IRA, where you own less than 10% of the company, I'm not really worried about it unless you're doing something weird or trying to get around, you're doing something something just odd. Um, I'm not really worried when you only own below 10%. And there's a number of cases on that Number in my book, and what's called self-dealing prohibited transactions. About that, but in the eleven to forty-nine percent, it's like thirty-nine shades of gray. You know, the it's, it's a great book by the way. Great book by the way. I don't know if the movie's got on that one yet, but um, but if you're at forty-nine percent, obviously it's like dark gray, meaning like maybe prohibited. If you're down here at like eleven percent, it's light gray. So it kind of depends on how much ownership you have um, in the company. There is a case where someone's IRA transacted with a, an entity where they owned about 30 percent, a husband and wife, and the tax court did find that to be prohibited because they were so involved on on both sides. Uh, but then there's cases of people owning a third that are not prohibited. So uh, just know it's a gray area. Frankly, it's going to depend on the tax court judge you get and the IRS auditor if you ever got audited. So um, but it's possible. You might want to just get some advice when you're in that the gray areas. Okay, so Willie asks, uh, when you
1: loan money out to an investor from your self-directed IRA um, bank account, okay, so that's, you're using the checkbook, LLC. Okay. when it gets repaid back, is it going to my checking account or is it coming to the custodian?
0: Okay, if you're using the IRA LLC or checkbook IRA structure, you've lent money out, it's going right back to the LLC's bank account. Um, and you can leave it there till you have the next deal and then just deploy the money right from the LLC. You do not need to send it back to the IRA custodian. Now, you can leave the money in the LLC for future investment, but you cannot take money personally from the LLC. You don't own the LLC, the IRA does. You also can't put more money in the LLC personally. You don't own the LLC, the IRA does. So everything going in and out of the LLC, not, and not investments or returns, but I'm talking about from you It's got to go to the IRA, then from the IRA to the LLC. Or if you want to take money, it'll go from the LLC back to your IRA, and then you take a distribution from the IRA. Or maybe you just want to transfer it to a brokerage IRA or something, whatever. But don't ever send money to yourself from the LLC. But you can use the LLC bank account to receive income back and just leave it there for the next investment.
1: I love it. Got some good feedback on networking. I think it'd be fun to address that while we have so many viewers on. Yeah. A lot of people asking like if we would ever host kind of like a haves and wants kind of networking meeting on a monthly basis, do it virtually on Zoom. Probably be good to talk about some of our upcoming live events, yeah. how we're going to do the real estate tax summit, our yes. alt asset summit, self-directed. Let's hit on some of that.
0: Yeah. I think you know we have the real estate um, tax summit that's focused on real estate. We'll have some Parts on self-directing there, of course. That's gonna be virtual. Um, and that's gonna be in um April. But um the and so make sure you're signed up for our newsletter so you'll get notices on these. Go to directedIRA.com, kqslawyers.com, massmarms.com, you just get over there, sign up for the newsletter, directedira.com. We're sending it out every month and we'll update you on any of these events. Sorry, we're sending it out every week. Um, updating all these events. The um Alternative Assets Summit is going to be in Southern California this year. That's in June. 29 and 30. Okay, June 29th and 30. It's going to be in Orange County area. And um, that's going to be a great networking opportunity, actually, for investment opportunity. Um, because what, what we realize quite a bit in the self-directed space is there's a lot of investors looking for investments. Like, they're like, all right, I'm out of the stock market, and I'm interested in doing alternative assets. But now I'm trying to decide which alternative asset <laughs> to do and or just know what my options are, frankly. And so there's a lot of money there, people looking for opportunity. On the other hand, in our network and at, at events in particular, there's always people raising capital or people who have deal flow and opportunities um, that's looking for capital. And so Um, That's a good event, I think, to go and network, look for investment opportunities for those with self directed accounts. And then also for those raising capital that have deal flow, they're, of course, highly interested in going to be at that event, too. So we make no representations on, like, you know, or guarantees on those investments. It really is meant to be a great networking and educational opportunity. Um, to come find what's going on in investments, how to analyze alternative assets to meet and network. And so even me, I'll be honest, I've invested with people that have spoke at my events, you know, and I had one that I sold recently. that did really well. And so um, that's how self-directing works. I think for people who've been used to investing their 401k or their their IRA and their fidelity or, you know, TD Ameritrade, you just are pushing buttons and you're kind of going into some fund or some stock and, um, Frankly, it's not a lot of work. If anything, you're researching the heck out of it online, trying to make sense of, does this person know what they're talking about or not? And is this person's guess about what's going on in the stock market next year going to pan out to be true or not? But um, with self-directing and alternative assets, it's so unique. The assets are so unique. The people that are involved with those assets are unique. It, it takes networking. And it takes building up those people in your network and, and contacts um, to be really, to, to be truly successful at it. And I'll say the people who are most successful and find the best investments are the ones that network, the ones that have a legit network of people. So um, get out to the Alternative Asset Summit. Then we're gonna have the Self Directed IRA Summit in the fall, uh, October twenty twenty one. Okay. Yeah. And yeah, that's, that's Friday, that, Saturday, that's location TBD. <laughs> We've been debating on, on where to go on that. So maybe um, on the
1: East coast. Yeah. Maybe we on the have an
0: opportunity to do it at Mar-a-Lago. Um, but we don't know that, you know, some, 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 I don't know if there's, you know, someone's getting arrested there right now, but, uh, <laughs> um, but anyways, we're, we're picking a place for it. Um, and, uh, we'll be announcing that. So
1: awesome. Okay. I don't got and any questions? more live. Okay. No.
0: All right, that was awesome. I just love hitting those live questions. That's good. Point. Wow, we got lots of backdoor Roth IRA questions here. I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of do some rapid fire backdoor Roth questions here in just a moment. Um, we're doing a lot of backdoor Roth IRA accounts right now. The reason is is you can do your 2022 contribution and your 2023 contribution. You know, if you haven't done 2022, you can do them all right now and do a conversion and get you know twelve thousand five hundred in. 6,000 for 2022, 6,500 for 2023. So that's how I always did it. I always just did it every two years um, uh, just because you just kind of get it all done in once. All right, we good on the uh, connection? Let's Roth and Roll. Okay, all right, Roth and Roll, baby. All right, here's some questions. This was from Ellen um, on Backdoor Roth. said, We did a Backdoor Roth conversion in 2022. Later in the year, my husband got a company contribution into a SEP account that wasn't expected which that would be traditional dollars. Is this okay? Since we didn't have any money in the traditional IRA at the time of the conversion, or is it an issue? Yes. How can we fix it? You're good. The, the state of conversion is when you look at any traditional accounts. So that, those traditional dollars came later in the year. Don't stress about it, Ellen. You're going to be cool. Um, all right. Alec asked, um, thanks for the awesome content. Is the backdoor Roth IRA still relevant after build back better act? Um, In order to do the backdoor Roth IRA or use a similar retirement plan, doesn't this section prohibit all employee after-tax contributions in retirement plans and after-tax contributions from being converted to Roth based on income level? Okay, great question, Alec. The good news is Build Back Better did not pass. (laughs) So um, it did come out of the House. Um, A lot of the the bad stuff in it, frankly, of the House even stripped out before they passed it, thank goodness. But then it never passed in the Senate, and now control of House and Senate has changed Build Back Better is dead. It's not going anywhere. So the back to our Roth and Roth conversions at any income level are still alive and well. So we can still convert to Roth even if we were high income. So um, uh, that was the good news of Build Back Better passing. I mean, politically, what no matter what your leanings were, there might've been something in Build Back Better you liked, but the retirement account stuff was total garbage in there. And so I'm glad that Build Back Better failed. All right, uh, Esteban asked, is there any age limitation for the backdoor Roth IRA. I'm 70 years old. No, you can do the backdoor Roth IRA at any age. You just have to have earned income. All right. So just make sure you have earned income to do the backdoor Roth. If you're 70, Estevan, you can do it. Do it right now for 2022 and 2023, if you haven't yet. Um, and I should say this now, we do have our March 150 special at Directed IRA right now. So awesome time with all these backdoor Roth questions and just, you know, any account here, You can save 150 bucks off right now. This is the biggest special we do. It goes until April 18th, um, but March 150, you enter that in as the promo code at directedira.com when you're opening up the account, save you 150 bucks. All right, let's roll to, um, okay, uh, Rafaela asked, if I can't go Roth to get a deduction, is it still worth it to open a traditional account? Yes. Now, again, you might be able to do the backdoor Roth because at any income level, it doesn't matter. You can do a backdoor Roth at any income. Now, maybe, uh, Raphael, you have a um, traditional IRA, a a pretty large one you don't want to convert to Roth, but I would still keep doing the traditional dollars. I mean, you're going to get a tax deduction, so it saves you tax now, and that money is growing tax deferred, right? It's growing. You're not paying taxes. You build it. And you're only paying tax on it on the way out at retirement. So oh, I still love traditional accounts. And even myself, I have a mix of Roth and traditional dollars because some years I've been chasing tax deductions. So I've made traditional contributions. Other years, I'm a little more disciplined and I do Roth dollars. So um, so it's okay. Uh, but if you don't want to do the backdoor Roth for whatever reason, because um, you don't want to have to convert traditional dollars, um, or you're just looking for tax deductions. I get it. You know, the traditional account do that. I mean, uh, about it's about 50-50 at our office at Directed IRA between people doing traditional accounts versus Roth accounts. So there's no right or wrong way to do it. It's preference. But in the long run, if you're like, in retirement, would I rather have a million-dollar traditional IRA or a million-dollar Roth IRA? You'd rather have a million-dollar Roth IRA. In fact, I'd rather have an $800,000 Roth IRA than a million dollar traditional IRA. Okay. Because it's coming out totally tax free as I pull it out versus paying tax on the traditional side. But remember the traditional you're getting a deduction and it gets to grow totally tax deferred. You're not paying the IRS as you're growing that account every year. It's not going on your 1040 with your other investment income or areas you're making money. It's growing and all that money gets to compound and keep growing and going into the next investment. Okay. Dennis asked about the solo 401k and using an LLC with a solo 401k. He says, can you explain the rules concerning how money must flow between the solo 401k and a solo 401k owned LLC under the following scenario? Initial investment from solo K to solo K LLC limits documentation needed. Okay. A solo 401k, very common. I mentioned it earlier you're self-employed with no employees solo 401k is awesome we set those up every day here we're setting up a number of solo k's every day you can contribute over 60 grand a year yourself if your spouse works in the business they can do the same Um, you can self-direct it so many cool things you can do with a solo k and i've got we got prior podcast episodes and webinars if you go to directedira.com and to the learn you can see these prior episodes and podcasts when you the, the one thing that's a little odd and might seem out of place is remember the solo K is separate from the LLC the solo K owns so when you put make a contribution for your year let's say you're putting the 60 grand in for the year you're maxing it out or you're putting in 10 grand whatever it is you're making your contribution in the solo K well that goes into the solo K account which that could be a directed IRA we do accounts for solo K you might have a a, a checking account at a bank for the solo K that's, that's set aside directly as a solo K bank account, which is totally fine too. But you make a contribution to the Solo K account. Now, this account is different than the LLC's checking account. So you contribute to the solo 401k, then you move the money from the solo K to the LLC. The LLC is actually an investment asset, it's like the investment entity. So, um, so it's a two-step process for new money coming in, contribute into the solo K. Then the money goes from the Solo K into the LLC's business checking account. All right, then he says, let's give an investment example. Purchase a single family home for 100K. You later flip it for 150K. What amount needs to go back to the 401K account and what can go to the LLC account? Well, this is easy, Dennis, because the whole thing just goes to the LLC account. If you have the Solo K LLC, you have this LLC as the entity, the LLC is just gonna get the 150K when you sell it no tax. That money's all going right back into the solo 401k account. Sorry, right into the LLC account for the solo 401k. And you can just redeploy that 150 right out of the LLC. Nothing needs to go back to the solo K account. Again, unless you want to take a distribution or take money from it or send it somewhere else, but you can leave it in the LLC as you're accumulating money, selling assets, whether it's rental income or you're selling a property for a gain, and then it's ready to go into the next deal. All right, and then Dennis asks, are there rules on the money flow between the two depending on the type of investment? Nope, it really works the same. No matter what the investment type is, it works the same. The money flow is going to – if the LLC is making the investments and holding the assets, the money's just going to all stay at the LLC level. You only need to send it back to the 401k when you want to transfer it somewhere else or if you want to take a distribution. So, all right, well, how about live questions? Yep, Anything let's do it, let's right. hit a crypto one because okay. we
1: haven't gotten that in a while and – Crypto's roaring back, I guess. Um, currently, yeah. <laughs> uh, so this is a crypto staking question using a checkbook IRA LLC, yeah, single member with my Roth. Um, it owns a hardware wallet on blockchain. Will that generate Ubit if I'm staking?
0: Okay, um, good question. The IRS has not answered this. Um, we did a crypto tax summit where we went into this in detail. It depends on the type of staking you're doing. If you're like controlling a node type staking, yes, you're going to have UBIT. But if you're basically doing third-party staking where you're just putting up the crypto and getting yield off of it, um, we don't believe that's going to be subject to UBIT. But again, the IRS has not gotten into this at all yet. So I, my estimation is this is more of a passive investment. You're putting up crypto almost in, like in a lending format, and you're getting yield off of it. But if you're like controlling the node or owning the hardware and stuff that, that could be involved in staking, um, we think that would be subject to UBIT likely. So, And in our crypto tax summit, we had one of the speakers was from Taxbit, who was the prior in the general counsel's office for the IRS, that frankly actually dealt with the self-directed questions at the IRS um, and their crypto questions. And so he was an awesome resource on that and was totally aligned on some of those points we had but caveat, the IRS hasn't came down on that. Now, I will say one thing the IRS just came out on. This is like hot off the press I saw this morning, is the IRS came out and clarified IRAs, HSAs, and other accounts, ownership of NFTs, okay? And if those NFTs are collectibles, they are going to be restricted to for, for ownership of an IRA. And so basically, the IRS guidance, it literally just came out um, today, uh, maybe I've been yesterday, but, um, anyways, really, really fresh right now was the guidance we gave at the crypto tax summit. So we were on the nose on that one. Um, NFTs, there's very different types of NFTs. You know, there's like utility tokens that have some utility value. There's some NFTs that are really just digital art. You know, there's no other way to, to, to call it. Those are going to be collectible in nature where the value is only collectible. There's no utility value to it. So, um, for any of you in the crypto space, no there's like there's a lot of different varieties of nFTs and so the iris guidance came out and kind of hit where we hit in terms of um is there utility value or is it just collectible value so if it's collectible value only um uh, IRAs can't own that get rid of those nFTs as fast as you can. <laughs> We got a couple uh, prohibited. Tra- we get a lot of these prohibited
1: transaction questions. A lot of, can I do this? Is this legal? Yeah. Is this? Illegal? I'm glad you're
0: asking, <laughs> and I hope you're saying, uh, asking before you've done it. Not yes. like I did this. Is that wrong?
1: <laughs> that's a that's a good precursor. Uh, Fiona asks, I own five percent of a company, and I get a monthly salary for it. Okay, so, all right. Okay, you're an employee of it. I'd like to invest two hundred k. Uh, addi- by buying additional shares of the company with my IRA?
0: Can I Ooh, do that? Absolutely. Love it, Fiona. Um, e- in my book, there's a there's an example, pretty much spot on to what you're saying there. It was the vice president in a local community bank, was even on the board of directors, owned about 5% of it personally. The bank was raising more money, wanted to invest his IRA to buy more shares. He wrote the IRS and asked if this would be prohibited. And they said, no. As long as there's no sweetheart deal or weird arrangement about your job or getting paid more because your IRA invested or anything like that, totally cool. But if your IRA is just investing in like other investors that are coming in as this in this capital raise, you're getting no special treatment or anything like that, then totally fine. IRA can come in and invest. So, I love that one again. You're below the 10%. Um, the only caveat I have is that you're not getting some special deal,
1: you know. With well, that special deal It'd be something if I got an
0: option grant or let's clarify that. Yeah. So that would be a problem. Let's say because you're an officer or director of the company, you got some special options for your work. Um, You can't buy those or exercise those with your IRA. That would be prohibited. Um, You could personally exercise those, of course, but your IRA can't, but your IRA can buy shares in the company and just be an investor like someone else. Um, Some third party that could come in and invest totally fine. Um, but anything that's special because you work there like options is going to be, um, a privative transaction because you really got that benefit because you work there. And so it's unfair for your IRA to be able to buy that and, and receive that value. I get that question all the time. People want to use their Roth IRA to exercise their options in some company that's valuations gone crazy. And there's a number of articles out there saying you can do it. Let me just say those people who wrote those articles are bozos and don't know what they're talking about. Okay. <laughs> what, uh, <laughs> could you, um,
1: again, going back to this special consideration or special privilege or something, what if you could buy them at a discount? Is that yeah, still prohibited? Same, same deal? Unless
0: some other outside investor can buy at a discount. There we you go. Know? Okay. So you got to think like, am I getting any special treatment or deal on these shares? That, you know, Sally Beyer out there, some third party that's not an officer that doesn't own shares in the company out could not get. Okay. All
1: right. Eddie asks one. I'm funding an LLC I'm a partner in to build homes through my self-directed checkbook IRA LLC.
0: Is okay. this legal? <sighs> okay. I'm funding an LLC from a checkbook IRA, but you're a partner in this LLC. Yeah, I w- It depends on what well, your partnership structure. If you're 50 percent, if it's 50, 50, that's not going to be cool. If you're more than 50, not cool. If you're like, no, there's three of us like like me, Aaron and Tristan here. We each own one third of an LLC, let's say, and we're rehabbing a property. And let's say we run out of money and we're like, dang, we need to get more money in here. Or let's say we finished rehab of the property and we're like, all right, let's go sell it. Well, each of us only own a third. My IRA could go transact with the LLC and buy the property because I only own one third. We're not related. We're not prohibited anyone. The LLC is owned less than 50% by disqualified people. So you always got to look at your involvement in the partnership. Are you below 50%? If you're over 50% or you and a spouse are disqualified, people are not a chance. Never going to happen. Automatically prohibited. Even if you do it at the most fair deal possible, um, below 50%. And again, that kind of 10 to 11 to 49% depends. Then below 10, you're likely okay. Should we hit one more and yeah, kill Final it? question? Final question. All final right. answer. All right. Let's do a good one. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so um, I'm not quite sure it's a bit of an anonymous. That's all right. We'll call them anime. That's okay. what it says on there. <laughs> so just set up an IRA LLC with KKOS lawyers. Thank you. Cool. Paid. I paid legal services personally. Yes. Does the IRA LLC need to reimburse me for the legal setup? No. Part one. Okay. And if I reimburse, is that prohibited? Yeah. And then finally, so it's like part three. And if I don't reimburse, then would that be an indirect contribution?
0: Okay. All right. Great question. So um, payment of fees for your IRA that are legal fees, which would include the fee to set the IRLC are exempt. That's again, this is 4975 D10. It's um, an exception to the prohibited transaction rule, so you can pay legal fees, tax fees, account fees related to your IRA personally. Even though you're a disqualified person in your IRA, you can bear those costs and pay for those things personally. So, not prohibited that you paid it. Now, I don't like reimbursing it though. Um, you could even that section says reimbursement of fees incurred by a disqualified person are okay. There's actually another prohibited transaction exemption about that. Um, But I just like keeping your bank account clean, frankly, because what happens in in an audit is with an IRA LLC, what the IRS is going to do is they're going to they're going to request your bank statements and they're going to go through every check written out of there. And if it's a check to you, now you got to go explain, oh, I was reimbursing myself. This is a fee I incurred. And you probably be okay because there's the exception here. But I prefer it just being clean. Just incur the cost personally. Let the retirement money be used to go make investments and grow. Um, it's, there's an exemption for paying these costs personally. Like I said, there's an exemption for reimbursement. So if whatever need, reason you need to do that, you can cut yourself a check and just write on the memo line, reimbursement for LLC expenses. Um, uh, so that's, that's what I'd recommend. But I, my sense, I like to keep it clean. All right. Well, let me just give a couple places where people can go. Make sure you're signed up again for our newsletter. Get to directedira.com so you know what's going on. We just had an awesome newsletter go out yesterday. Um, hopefully those here got that. Uh, we got a uh, direct IRA podcast every week. Make sure you're subscribed to that. You can get out of all the places where you listen to podcasts. Of course, please subscribe to the YouTube channel if you're not already. We're going to be going live more often, answering your tax questions, your retirement account questions here, how to self-direct, um, covering finance and wealth topics as well. Um, but, uh, and please feel free to be submitting questions at Matt here at the YouTube channel. If you're there, we're assembling those questions to try and do on these, um, open forum episodes. And we're going to be back here at least biweekly, maybe weekly. We'll see how we do to come and answer your questions. And thanks everyone for being on. This is only like our second live. We got a lot of live questions. I really appreciate that. Thanks for getting um, on and spending time with us. And uh, so, um, all right. Well, thanks, guys. Thanks for staying on. We'll be back next time with a live open forum going over your self-direct retirement questions. Until then, stay calm. Self-direct on.